This show is designed to give general information related to investing in finance. Neither Aaron Katzman, his guests, nor the radio station are rendering legal, tax, or specific investment advice. If you need such advice, contact a licensed advisor. And welcome to the Aaron Katzman Show. I'm your host, Aaron Katzman. We speak to you about your life, your money, and your investments. And as always, we're coming to you from the spiritual and soon-to-be financial capital of the world, Jerusalem, Israel. And as always also, right, if you like this content or any other content, please, I beg you, hit the like button below. And if you've not done so, hit subscribe and tell your friends and family as well to subscribe to the YouTube channel. We are continuing our series on Olim, who are entrepreneurs in not startup nation in sort of old economy, um, things that people, more people I think can relate to. And it's my pleasure to introduce Dr. Jason Cohn, who's made Aliyah in 2011, um, who's an anesthesiologist, I practice that, and interventional pain management physician with a medical consultancy who went from pain management doctor to Dr. Peanut Butter. Um, of, he's the founder, along with his wife, of Holy Butter. We're going to hear a lot about this. This is a fascinating story. Dr. Jason Cohn, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Pleasure. I appreciate that. So let's jump right in. I want to hear your story, right? Like great. peanut butter. Yeah, it's a great story. <laughs> it's a little nutty, a little nutty. So my wife, Donna, and our four children made Aliyah in 2011. This summer, we are celebrating 11 years in Israel. Oh, Hashem. Congratulations. And for the first, thank you very much. For the first uh, about four or five years, I was commuting routinely to my clinical practice in the U.S., where I was uh, together in a practice with another physician in our specialty of interventional pain medicine. A short while after that, I transitioned more to medical consultancy for insurance companies, attorneys, and the like, specifically within my specialties of anesthesiology and pain medicine. Everything was going fine, routine, until this virus called Corona blew in and the world stopped, especially in New York. Travel industry ceased. And so I had more time time on my hand to begin exploring and enjoying areas of interest that I never really had the time for. Simultaneously, we ran out of peanut butter because one treat that I would bring back from the States to Israel was really high quality, pure peanut butter. There's none here. So here I was forced with an empty household of great quality peanut butter. And I said, what are the local Israelis doing? So I went to the supermarket, found the aisle, and I said, I'm just gonna stand here and watch, do my market research. Stood there for about five minutes, assessing people's buying patterns and habits. And I saw that they were invariably reaching for the least expensive brand. So I too purchased that, brought it home, opened it, smelled it, it was not that. Tasted it, it was not that. So here we were faced with a dilemma. What were we going to do to replace our staple of delicious, 
healthy, nutritious peanut butter. And I said, you know, here we are in Israel, startup nation, world leaders in agritech. And everyone is familiar around the globe with the top quality fruits and vegetables that are grown and exported out of Israel. So I started to do a little bit of research, starting first with identifying the main nut importers here in Israel, had meetings with them, only to discover that everyone is importing peanuts from China. While Chinese nutritional standards are inferior to Israel and certainly the US. Mm -hmm. And with regard to taste as well, it's far inferior. So I said, there's gotta be something going on here with all of this expertise in farming. So I discovered one of the very well-known research institutes here called Mahon Volcani, got in touch with true experts in peanut growth and all of the research behind peanuts, identified key people here in Israel that served on the head of the boards. There's an Israel ground nut board, IGB. There's even one for almonds. And made meetings, started to learn, then started to identify key people in the farming industry itself. Made trips and visits, learning, meeting from the farmers, learning tricks of the trade, the growing seasons, the differences in soil, very much like wine. And we very much enjoy drinking wine. We are self-ascribed enophiles. Okay. And uh, here there's an endless, endless supply, endless array of over 350 wineries in Israel, also producing top quality wine. So having identified now the right people in the right growing regions, we started to experiment and learned that not only does Israel produce their own peanuts and grow them, but they are regarded as world leaders in peanut production. Interesting, where do they grow them? They grow them in different regions, more the south and the north, a little bit in the central part as well. But we discovered through trial and tribulation, uh, roasting and griming at various you know, uh, uh, recipes and techniques, the best flavor peanuts, top, top quality, which is what we use, are grown in the south, the Negev region. Okay. Very distinct soil. So very much like wine, you could take the same single varietal, let's say Merlot or Cabernet, okay, that everyone could relate to, and take the same species, the same zan, the same plant. And if you plant it in the southern region, the central region, or the northern region, you will end up with a different taste of the juice and ultimately the wine. So it's very much dependent on what is called in the wine industry, the terroir the soil, the climate, the sun, the wind, the rainfall, everything contributes. So we identified really the key region for us that worked best for peanut growth, which was in the Southern region. And then Holy Butter was formed? So after we took stock of uh, you know a couple hundred kilograms of peanuts, then had to start learning about roasting. That is an art in and of itself, just like coffee now. So you could take great coffee, but 
a true roast master knows how to coax out the flavors that he wants. And that has to do with temperature and time of roast. And depending on the temperature and the time, the formulation, you will bring out and express certain flavors and colors in the either the coffee bean or in our case, the peanuts. And then did and you then, just like go on to, I wanted to interrupt. Did you go on to Google or Instagram and figure out like how to make peanut butter? So there was definitely some of that, right? It's coming more from a scientific background, uh, pre-med and, and sciences. Uh, this was all very enjoyable to me. Okay. And um, I was kind of able to relate to it more from chemistry class. So having kind of had that familiarity, there was still a large amount of information that I needed to learn. There was a steep growing learning curve. So I began now in getting in touch with and visiting different roasting facilities okay. and learning from true masters that have been doing this for decades from you know, all different backgrounds and roasting all different kinds of nuts. And then I started to roast myself alongside these master roasters and kind of develop our own signature roast. Um, I did it a little bit differently than they were doing it because I was looking for a slightly different flavor than what most were doing. And that required, you know, some tweaking here and there. And uh, they, they kind of coined the term, they, they named me kind of caramel boy, because I did it slightly differently where the color of the nuts and the flavor kind of brought out more caramel tones and flavors of uh, kind of, kind of like toasted caramel or like a mocha coffee. Okay. Yeah. So then we were left with the final stage, which was grinding. And for this, I had to import some machinery because there was nothing here in Israel. Uh, whatever is being done here in Israel is really just a final stage where they're kind of man manipulating the raw product that they are already bringing in. Uh -huh. And if it's some form of peanut powder or something like that, they're reconstituting it in a very different process. Or the more familiar brand is bringing in importing ready-made peanut butter and manipulating it differently and repackaging. Wow. So we are the only, we are the only brand that produces homegrown peanut butter as well as almond butter from start to finish, use utilizing exclusively nuts grown in Israel. Wow. And this process, right? So from let's say idea until actually producing production, how long did this all take? Yes. Great question. So kind of the discovery process uh, took about a month or two, taking my time and really looking to understand every little detail and, and aspect. Uh, but once we got up running, you know, roast can take, you know, hours. Uh, so we kind of allow roast to be on one day and then the cooling and then the separating of the skin, the fine papery skin that separates in, in its raw form, the peanut almost tastes kind of like a fresh snow pea, kind of has that earthy starchy flavor, hmm. which is actually quite nice. And through the roasting process, it completely changes flavor. 
very much like coffee. When you take a coffee bean, if you were to mm -hmm. taste it, it tastes nothing like coffee, but it's the roasting process and something called the Maillard reaction, which is non-enzymatic browning and flavor development that produces the familiar mocha or coffee flavor. And fascinating. This is really a cool story. And you are now, I mean, you sell, you sell locally, you sell domestically. Do you also sell internationally? Are you exporting as well? Not just yet. Okay. Not just yet. So I brought in important, some entry-level, small-scale industrial machinery. And when it arrived in the house and it's kind of big crates, packages, and I started to unpack it, my wife, Donna, came down and she just shook her head and she said, what have you done now? <laughs> so I said, Lauren, you want the peanut butter? I'll make you need peanut butter. <laughs> so propped it up on the kitchen island and brought back the roasted peanuts that I had just done the day before. And we had fresh ground, pure peanut butter. And when she tasted it, she said, wow. And then you decided so just to go full speed and, and produce and sell? So by that time, we started to kind of share the story where she shared the craziness with some friends in the community and family. And then we just started to distribute. We said, here, you know, who likes peanut butter? Try this. And people really took to it. Um, I knew more, you know, going back to kind of science, nuts are inherently healthy. All nuts. They have great uh, heart healthy oils. They have great carbs. And most of all, they're loaded with protein. So vegetarians and vegans, they all recognize nuts for their nutritional value. When you take commercial nut butter, peanut butter, you kind of flip it on its head because the commercial production introduces other ingredients such as oils for both creamy texture as well as shelf life stability. And they almost always introduce high amounts of sugar. Mm -hmm. We don't introduce anything at all. I like to say we have two ingredients in each tub, Israeli grown peanuts and Ruach HaKodesh. <laughs> and what's the shelf life then? If you don't put in, if there are no preservatives, there's no oils. It's how long one it year. A year? It's one year. Oh, wow. Yep. Everything is fresh, fresh. It goes from roasting to grinding right into the jars. And then we have a tight nylon seal. So uh, it's essentially sealed right away. And we have tasted it in the beginning. We were tasting it every month. We would open one and, um, and taste it. And the stability was good. And the taste was the same at 12 months. How can people, uh, how can people contact you and how can people get the peanut butter? Sure. So as I said, we started, you know, just locally here throughout our community. And then we got ourselves into, uh, you know, one outdoor shuk and then another. So now we were selling in Shvakim here in Israel. And then after that, we quickly got our website up and running. We had one or two articles written about us, mm -hmm. uh, both in the Jerusalem Post and another article on the Ynet. And as soon as we got our website up and running these articles went out and orders just came in wow so we were uh quickly really needing to ship out a lot so all orders and, and even just our background story you can visit our website 
www.holybutter.com. I want to turn in, I want to sort of transition now into the entrepreneur part and obstacles and hurdles that you face. But do you still, just a question that just came to me, do you still, are you still an uh, anesthesiologist? Uh, once and always, yeah. <laughs> you never lose that. I don't practice clinical Not anesthesiology practice. anymore yet. Uh, as soon as I did my fellowship one year into that, I specialized just in interventional pain medicine. That was my uh, practice, my clinic, and I still maintain that here in Israel. I still receive patients, ah, okay. um, but I also have a couple of other side businesses, as you said, one, one of which is Holy Butter. And that's taking yeah. up, I assume that takes up a good chunk of your time. Takes up a good chunk, more, more than half of my time. So I kind of take a break from the Holy Butter and practice medicine every now and then. Okay. So you clearly had um, some business experience, right? You started, a, a, you know, you, you had this practice, but yeah. starting a business in Israel in the, in the industry you don't know very much about, right? Tell us yeah. about that sort of entrepreneurial experience from the, from the eyes of somebody who's starting a business. So, yeah, it's a great question. Uh, I would say, look, anyone, if you have the interest and the passion and the interest drives and, and, and propels you and, and drives you, you know, to continue through those hard days and over those, you know, pretty high hurdles, um, as long as you're willing to learn and listen and watch and most of all make mistakes, mm. it's okay to make mistakes. That's where you learn the most. Did you find um, that obviously you're starting a business in, um, I would call it a foreign culture, right? A foreign land for you sure. uh, in a foreign mm -hmm. language. That yep. must have been, I mean, I know personally, right? That was a challenge, which ultimately when you succeed is <laughs> a very proud moment. When you look back, like I did it, you know, not on my, not in the culture I was born into, but in a completely foreign culture. Um, how did you find that process? Yeah, also, um, everyone that I met was just incredibly generous with their time, and it made it a lot easier. My Hebrew was okay. I always had, you know, that fund of knowledge, the, the comfort, but stepping into this world of Ochel Mazon, of the food industry, with zero experience, even from the U.S., was just an eye-opening experience. So there was so much to learn uh, combined with both the foreign language and the culture here. But it was the people that I met at every stage that were so helpful and really took to the story and my interest in putting Israel and Israeli agriculture on the map, front center. It's something that, that I've heard now a few times as we started the series that, um, you know, the, the image of the Israeli being the Sabra, right, prickly on the outside. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> when it comes to people starting their own businesses, to entrepreneurship, they're very, very open and warm and willing yeah. to, to talk. Do you, you found the same thing? Absolutely agree. Interesting. That's very, very yeah. interesting. Um, I would assume also that in the food business, there were all kinds of unexpected regulatory, regulatory hurdles that you never would have dreamed of as opposed, had you opened up a For car sure. wash or whatever, right? For sure. Anything in the food industry uh, from a Kashrut perspective is complicated. Mm -hmm. 
uh, I, I've never been in the food industry in the US, but from what I understand, having made this journey and speaking with friends and colleagues even in the US, it's a bit easier. There are many, many more options here in Israel and it's a bit more bureaucratic. Uh, so that as well was a tremendous learning curve, but um, you know, with any business, uh, you know, the hardest part is getting it up and running in the first year or two. And again, as long as you're willing to ask questions and, and people are there to help you and you're willing to, you know, make those decisions and, and know that there will be mistakes and failures, but hopefully minimize the degree of mistakes and failures. You know, it's like riding a bike. You, get, you know, when you're learning to ride a bike, you're gonna fall, you're bound to fall. But hopefully when you fall, you just get a little bump or scrape or a scratch. There's no major break. So by asking the questions and really going to the experts, you kind of minimize those big mistakes. And last question for, for potential or, you know, new Olim or even old Olim, um, you know, who are thinking, have an idea, they're, you know, they've been wondering, should they take the plunge? You know, should they just keep their nine to five job because it's safer? You know, because and they're they're nervous, you know, they'd be nervous if they were back in their home country, but they're doubly nervous they're here. What would you say to them? Always take the plunge. Take the plunge. Life is about taking a plunge. And any ole that has made Aliyah has already taken the plunge. So use that energy and that momentum to continue more future plunges. <laughs> That's great. Um, Dr. Cohn, this was fantastic. Once again, how can people uh, get in touch with you? Anytime uh, you want to call or speak, you could find our number on our website again, www.holybutter.com. You could read about our story. You could order. You could send gifts. And if you just have any questions, give us a call and we're always happy to talk. That's great. Thanks so much for coming on the show. This was fantastic. Thank you very much. You've been tuning in to the Aaron Katzman Show. We speak about your life, your money, and your investments. As always, hit the like button below and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Thanks so much for tuning in and we'll speak to you soon.